0: Hello and welcome to the Limerick Post podcast. We are Limerick. I'm your host Keen Reinhardt. Join me each week as we get to know the people of Limerick who are making the city and county what it is today. You can keep up to date with all Limerick news, sport and entertainment by following the hashtag keeping Limerick posted across all our social media channels or visiting limerickpost.ie. Welcome to We Are Limerick. Today we're joined by Boris Hunke of Music Generation Limerick City. Welcome to the show, Boris. Thank you. Uh, Boris, maybe you could start off by telling us about Music Generation Limerick City and what what its mission statement is.
1: Certainly, yeah, we've been going since 2013. Uh, Music Generation's been rolling out nationally over the last few years and it came to Limerick in the second phase. The remit basically was to bring music, performance, music, music education to people who didn't have access to it before. So we take that. In in every sense of the of the meaning of that, so we work for people with people who wouldn't be able to access music for financial reasons or geography or cultural or whatever, and basically we just bring people together to make music. What kind of projects would you all work on together? So it's, there's a load of different strands to it. We have the Creative Centre in Cecil Street, which we've been there for two years now, and we run a lot of sessions after school. Uh, people come in and learn guitar, keyboards, ukuleles, singing, rap production. Uh, we're also resident in 40 schools, and secondary schools, national schools, youth reach centres, uh, running creativity programmes uh, throughout the year. Then in holidays, we run camps and work in those settings, and we do a lot of music and mental health work as well.
0: And when you say creativity programme, maybe you could just expand on that a bit? Yeah, yeah. so
1: that's, that's developed in schools in that... If you're working with a group of twenty, thirty kids, it's it's hard to know exactly how best to to do meaningful work with them, and so we developed a model which which harnesses their own creativity, and we write songs with them, and they write their own songs. We just create um, pieces of music and develop it from there. So it's it's very much led by the kids and the music, rather than sort of teaching them theory or the like.
0: And uh, speaking of the creativity side of things, uh, last year I was at the launch of a CD.
1: Yeah, uh, we run on Saturdays since 2014. We've had uh, the Limerick Voices, the Saturday sessions, which uh, teenagers just come to our building and they write their own music. And they're they're largely left alone. We're there to give them support and mentoring, but we don't tell them what or how to write. And this produces great results. And last year we released the first Limerick Voices Volume 1, we're hoping this year to release Volume 2. Um, and some great Limerick artists have come out of that programme. I mean, Palpig are the most recent ones who have made waves.
0: They were recently okay. on, um, Other on Other Voices. Yeah. They're on Other Voices and
1: they're doing great stuff. They they came together in, in the programme. Uh, some of the really exciting rap coming out of Limerick sort of initially formed within the programme. And
0: it's a varied uh, space, the music in Limerick. Do you see it that way yourself? That there's...
1: It is, it is. There's loads of different styles, and but there's also, because it's quite a small town in, in the scheme of things, people mm-hmm. do come together quite easily, and there's a lot of collaboration and a lot of openness. And and we're sort of seeing that with the young, younger kids, but also you, you see that they're going the whole way through I imagine it
0: benefits the work that you do as well, to have them looking up to other people who've come through the, the programme. Yeah,
1: so now, now by this stage we've got people who are... Uh, Eighteen, nineteen, twenty—you've come through. They're making their own waves. They're acting as mentors. Our musicians' team—you know, a bit older themselves—but they've been through the same, same process, the same journey. Would you see an appreciation group? there as well from the, the older musicians? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And there's a and it's a great way for the older musicians to get income from from their music. You know, especially if you're in the indie scene, or like it's, it's not easy to to make a living from it. So. To be able to use their skills to pass back to the new generation is, just uh, it it's great as a circle.
0: What is it about music? Do you think that uh, allows it to transcend generations, or
1: it's it's got a non-verbal thing happening? You know, there's it's not just in the head. Mm-hmm. The very the very nature of it, it's there's something quite elemental about it, and I think that helps to connect. It connects people along their own generation with previous generations. You'd have seen with, uh, all the focus on the cranberries in in the year that's been in it. The, in some ways, that for the young kids was us that sort of ancient history. But for the musicians, we have teaching them. It's it's their generation, mm-hmm. and you can see the connections and the, uh, say the circles go through.
0: And I'd imagine through music generation, it it brings people of the same generation together, and
1: and people who come from very different parts of the city yeah. and different musical styles and different cultural backgrounds, they come together into the one space and they meet on an artistic level, which breaks down barriers. We've seen it happen time and time again.
0: What impact do you see that having on on people coming from different backgrounds?
1: It it breaks barriers. Music is a bit like sport. It breaks barriers in a way which very little else can, uh, because you come with a shared goal, which has nothing to do with the the differences and is all to do with the connections. And if you've got someone coming from a, say, rock background and they're working with someone who's more from a hip-hop background and then you've got somebody who might be coming from a whole different um, set of cultural reference points, everyone then learns from each other and it creates this melting pot.
0: And I'd imagine working on a grassroots level, you'd see those changes firsthand and the difference it can make in a kid's life.
1: Yeah, and even we've been going since 2013 and we've seen the changes in Limerick demographically and and obviously with the, the economy going sort of down and up. And, yeah. uh, you see it, as you say see the grassroots, you see what it means in, in real life to, to real people rather than a statistics.
0: But some people say when the economy, there's a downturn, um, it's the creative people who prosper because they have to make a way of making things work. Yeah, I'm never, I'm
1: never convinced by that. I think no. it's that when everyone's hard up, the musicians were always hard up, Sort of rise the surface because <laughs> everyone's come down to their level. for open, yeah. The uh, I, no, I'm always a bit skeptical about the idea that downturns are great because you write good music. <laughs> and uh, what
0: about yourself? How did you get involved with music generation?
1: I um, I, I got the job in 2013, just as it mm. started in Limerick. I my own background is in improvised music, um, but I've been working previously to that with the Irish Chamber Orchestra out in UL. And when you say improvised music... Well, jazz mainly, yeah. but uh, I don't like to pigeonhole it as jazz. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, I, I'd been doing my own own music and my own teaching and also working on the more administrative management side with the Chamber Orchestra. Uh, so I, I also have a load of different backgrounds. I you know, grew up in a classical family, but I played jazz and was in rock bands and wedding gigs and all that. So I, I brought a whole sort of range of influences to the party myself.
0: What would be your own earliest music memory?
1: Star Wars. My mm-hmm. my dad was a bassoonist with the London Symphony Orchestra, so he played mm-hmm. on the Star Wars soundtracks. So my, my first um conscious memory was being told by my school friend that that uh, the Star Wars was a cool thing and we, we got to go to the um not the premieres but the previews back in the day. And
0: how did you come about to join in the Symphony Orchestra No, I was I was working in the office of the ah, right.
1: Orchestra, yeah. my um it's something of a family business. All my family are classical players and and my wife and sister were both involved in the Chamber Orchestra.
0: And in terms of training, did you follow it down that route in college? And
1: Yeah, I did a music degree. Yeah, um, And from there, took lots of different turns as as people do. I was based in London until 2004 and moved to Ireland then.
0: And learning music through a degree, and some people perform to learn, really, they, they just pick it up and try to get on with it. Or the differences there? Would you say or it's it's
1: interesting? That the different styles have different different musical styles have different. Mm-hmm. Um, so the classical world tends to focus on technique and performance, and it produces people very highly trained in that one quite narrow um, skill set. Whereas I did an academic music degree in the University of York, which is quite progressive, and so I got a load of exposure to things that the World Academy do now in terms of world music and ethnic musicology and improvisation and all that side of things it's there's a lot of different courses out there and the key i think is for people to find the one which fits their I suppose everybody their has a
0: different learning style as well than,
1: yeah and we have it with the kids coming through now you've got kids in fifth and sixth year and you've got really good courses in lit you've got the music tech over in ul you've got the world academy and Computer music you've got Mary Eye, which has again a very strong music department, and then in Dublin you 've got places like BIM um, and DIT. you know there's a lot of different courses and each of them look at it a different way. It's just a question of trying to find the one which fits yourself
0: yeah and um since since uh, the formation of music generation in mc City, there's been a, a lot more uh, music festivals locally like a Make a Move and things like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, Make a Move predated us coming yeah. on there. That's been going on for years, but we've, we've been sort of obviously very involved. It's a great festival. And yeah, there has been a sort of explosion of music festivals. Yeah. Festivals seems to be the way a lot of live music is going rather than the sort of week-in, week-out mm-hmm. venues, which is very hard to um, to sustain a number of them. Whereas a festival, you do one one or two weeks a year uh- and you can get much more focus on it.
0: And in terms of the festivals, how would that impact the work you're doing? Because I'd imagine it's it's great for kids to look at this kind of. It's
1: good for them to see, yeah. and it's for the grassroots festivals. It gives us opportunities to be part of and to perform, mm-hmm. and for the, the sort of the higher end festivals, it's just great to see the the buzz and the energy and to bring a sort of world class artists into Limerick.
0: And what do you think it is about music generation then that uh, motivates the kids to stick with the music or,
1: what? Our model is based on not telling them what to do mm-hmm. And I think that's the key with the teenagers You know, we were all teenagers We know how it was You don't want to be told what to do Because you sort of know what to do you, want, you need to be given the space yeah, yeah. And you need to be given a level of support But not in an overbearing way But just, here's a space Here's some people who do like things or well, Let's see what you do
0: That must be tough as someone in kind of a, a teaching role Because you're, you're trying to teach lessons to them In terms of music in, as well, you know
1: after schools, we it's more lessons sort of yeah. showing people how to play G on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the progression from there is to the Saturdays where it's far more hands-off and there's no right or wrong way to do things and just to give them... And I, I really believe that's the key to why we've had such success and retention is just letting teenagers be, be teenagers.
0: Yeah, what kind of atmosphere does that create on a
1: Saturday? It, a really nice... A really gentle sort of supportive atmosphere. You know, it's 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 definitely not like a school. And yet what surprises me is the focus. You know, you give teenagers this opportunity and they come in and they're really focused and they'll sit in their work for three hours. And they take it very seriously. And, you know, by giving them that confidence, they really repay it by, by using it.
0: And uh, in your own family, music is a very strong it is, the immediate yes. family. Uh, yeah. Uh, your wife is... My wife's a violinist yeah.
1: um, and she plays with the the chamber orchestra another other sections. My generation above me, my parents' generation, were musicians and now I've got my own kids now in national and secondary school and they all play music.
0: What influence would your music have on theirs or would there be any? Or is it the same remit as music generation where you want them to do what they want to do? It's
1: Well, it's hard. You've got all these different influences coming in so they get a little bit of everything. They get the, the classical, the grades. They also get my sort of influence of... Uh, you know, I play a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so they they take that as well.
0: I suppose that's good for them to have their, their minds open to different forms of music at a so. younger I think age. So. Yeah. But because,
1: you know, as a family, it's something we're thinking about music education and development in our working lives all the time. It obviously impacts on how you then.
0: Music kind of creates a bit of empathy as well. For uh, very uh, much
1: empathetic. so the the connection, the relational element of music, I think, is isn't always emphasize it should be if you've got two three four people playing together the level of non-verbal connection is very very strong
0: yeah, i suppose it's like uh, if you were to read a poem you get an insight into someone's life whereas with performance you're seeing the exact same thing but very much so yeah
1: but with a poem it's, it's one person's individual statement where often with music it's it's the combined it's the mm-hmm. collective it's the it's the sort of the space in between the musicians is almost as interesting as the individual statement
0: and uh with music generation uh, did they have this a double decker bus for recording? the bus yeah. the bus is sadly
1: retired Ah, no way. the the bus was, <laughs> the bus was uh part of limerick city culture 2014 yeah and it we got two great years out of it but then it got to the stage where every time Every time we were taking it out, it was costing us about 500 quid in repair fees. <laughs> we once caused a tailback on the way to the NS Fla, which lasted 20 miles. And we were the only time a bus got banned from the Ennis Fla. <laughs> so the, the bus was then replaced by a trailer, which does the same sort of roll but doesn't break down. And what
0: was it like recording on a bus coming from a well, test the background?
1: That was the trouble with the bus. It was If it rained, you couldn't do anything because yeah. of the noise on the roof. And in the winter it was very cold, and in the summer it was very hot. It was a fun thing, but it wasn't. It wasn't practical.
0: <laughs> and uh, you also spoke about some of the upcoming uh, projects that you're working on with Music Generation Limerick. Could you expand on a couple of those? Yeah,
1: no, we've got, got a lot going on. We're um, so we're hoping to record Limerick Voices Volume Two. Um, so the next generation uh, are coming out now. We've got a major event in Thurman Park in the twelfth of June with all the. I think it's 16 national schools we're currently working in, uh, coming together, and they've all been, all the different classes have been recording their own pieces, so we're bringing that together. We've just launched a music and well-being space in secondary in Se- Cecil Street, which is aimed at bringing together some of the music therapy work we do and the mental health work into a space uh, where we that can all be more combined than it has been. Would all the work be done with kids, or does it? We work with, our, our music generation remit is up to 18, mm-hmm. but we also do quite a lot of projects outside that with, with adults, we're just starting an active seniors, ukulele group, uh, we work in, in a number of settings outside, outside the sort of young people who are the Brothers of Charity in Margrave Street, and we have projects in Limerick Prison, and some over in the hospital
0: uh, what kind of influence would that have on people's lives as well, would you think?
1: It's, I think it's very significant mm-hmm. because the same non-directive approach of some of some of the adult programmes are like sessions, they're sing songs, but some of them are more directed. So, for example, the programme in the prison where you're working with people, helping them create their music and express themselves in an environment in which obviously that's not, not easy yeah. is, I think, very, very significant in terms of... Progression and and helping people.
0: And I'd imagine still at that age, a lot of people that you work with probably had an interest in music growing up, but didn't have the access.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that, was, that would happen a lot because programs like ourselves didn't exist twenty mm-hmm. years ago. Um, a lot of people just didn't get the chance to do what they they otherwise would have.
0: And even working at that level, can you see the changes that it's making?
1: Yeah, and we can see the changes. Working in secondary schools, the mm. kids we've worked with in national schools are now feeding through to us, and we can see the differences that's making. You know, the secondary school program. When we've got a group of kids who've worked with Music Generation in national schools, there's a clear difference in openness and skills and ability to get straight stuck into the sort of slightly chaotic creativity side.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, with Limerick Voices, the the first edition that came out, uh, how, how was that received? It was great. Yeah. It
1: was uh, a lot of the musicians on that would now be coming out of university. You know, the, that was recorded two years ago. Yeah, uh, just so they were going into that stage. A lot of them are making noises uh, themselves on national level. People like um, same same difference and hazy and mm-hmm. uh, those guys, Mankey, uh, Laura Duff's just releasing her own EP now. Uh, there's a there's a number of them. Are,
0: there is a talent pool in Limerick that uh, probably deserves national recognition as well. There right? is.
1: There always has been, and uh, yeah, there always. It's like like any. T- it's because it's small in some ways, but it's you know it's all, there's 100,000 people in the city, yeah, and because it's so concentrated in some ways, it allows this very unique voice and collaborative spirit to sort of rise up.
0: And did you ever think when you were. Uh, Playing some classical music when you were younger—that should be involved in the uh, production of hip hop music. And well, I, I
1: left the classical path when I was about thirteen, so yeah. I, I went through a similar to a similar journey to a lot of the kids we see coming in. Yeah. You know, they've gone through the grades and they hit early teenage years, and they think this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. And I'd I, imagine
0: it's a tough business to the, the classical side of music because
1: it's very yeah classical music. It's all about the technical excellence, and yeah. it's. Um, but then the, the bizarre thing is classical music gets a huge amount of subsidy both in, in England where I was from and in Ireland. Mm-hmm. A large percentage of the Arts Council music subsidy goes on classical music. And I think back in the day it was because sort of, the rock and the pop worlds financed themselves through through albums. But, that, but that's gone now. Yeah. So I think there needs to be a rebalancing in which the music funding needs to be spread more equally o- across the different art forms and the different genres. Is that something you'd like to see in Limerick in the future? Very the- much so. Yeah. I mean, the the percentage of arts funding in Limerick, which goes to uh, classical music, is entirely out of whack with the audience numbers.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, what impact would that have on the work that you do or the people that you work with? if they were-
1: You just, just see some very... There's some very high-level, talented yeah. hip-hop and... Rock musicians and singer songwriters who really struggle to to maintain their art because there's no there's none of the art funding or subsidy which can keep them in.
0: And do you think with the growth of the likes of uh, Spotify and YouTube, it's even harder now for younger musicians to?
1: It's certainly changed the it's changed the playing field a lot. Mm-hmm. The on one hand, you can get albums out there and you can build an audience much more easily than you could ever have done twenty years ago. The flip side is there's no <laughs> money in it you have to go much higher level now before you get to a level of being able to sustain a lifestyle on playing music.
0: And even in that, it's usually the live gigs that'll probably make you the money. Well, the the yeah. gigs
1: now, yeah, but to make money out of live gigs, you need to be attracting, you yeah. know, 500 plus twice a week. Mm-hmm. And and that's the hard unless you're going to be on the road internationally all the time.
0: And uh, Some of the people I've spoken to have, uh, they, you mentioned yourself that uh, it's hard to keep a, a club or a weekly night going yeah. on a regular basis but uh do you think there's need for some promoters to come in and create a space like this for people in limerick
1: i think limerick's actually got some very good creative promoters mm-hmm.
0: um it, it has and it's been uh recognized by the mayor this year actually there was, yes yeah
1: yeah and no, i like, like the um so between people like that event with uh and shane at make a move and then you've got i mean Dylan is such a unique resource yeah. um and
0: it's nice as well to see a place like saint mary's cathedral hosting more concerts. Used, it's beautiful yeah. space as well no, I, th- I
1: think it's not lack of creative promoters yeah. it's it's hard it's hard to, because mm. it's a relatively small town it's, so a it's a risk to take as well you it's know? hard to get people to come out yeah. it's the same the same audience is being asked to go out three four times a week um this and is- and they're there but it's you need a bigger pool of attendees
0: so it's tapping into the, the people who think they might come out. But, that's uh, the thing. Yeah. It's
1: it's getting the people out out of their TVs and and out into the streets. That's that's the key. Yeah. yeah.
0: And um, what's the future for music generation in the city? Do you think?
1: Well, by this stage we're sort of established. You know, the first two or three years is all very um, shaky startup territory. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, by this stage we're established. We've got a good solid core team of musicians who've been with us you know, five six years. Uh, so there's an element of just keeping on, keeping on, but we're always looking to grow and develop and, and deepen and expand So what we're doing year on year.
0: So it, it, this will be the sixth year that you're formed, yeah. as so it's 2013. Um, how have you seen Limerick itself change over those six years? I know we had City of Culture as well. And...
1: Well, City of Culture was, was its own dynamic. Yeah. Um, looking back on it, we started in the middle of obviously, a deep recession, mm-hmm. Which didn't really colour our impression at the time because that's all we knew. We were, you know, that's when we were starting. Yeah. Um, so now opportunities were arising as the economy begins to open up a little bit. Um, city Culture was great for us in the amount of opportunities and publicity it gave us, but also in some ways it was, it was sort of slightly distracted from normal development because there was a sort of input of different stuff for a year, and then 2015 we had to go back to where we were, I'm seeing the same thing happen with there's a music generation just opening in Galway City. Yeah. So they're there on the same trajectory there. So now it's much more um, building at a sustainable level rather than with sort of peaks and troughs. And you think that
0: City of Culture uh, touched another audience or opened doors to another audience that wouldn't have known about things like Music Generation in Limerick or other uh, groups that are working around the city? I think
1: the publicity certainly... Helped and actually, and all their all their controversies helped as well because it it made it a bigger news story than otherwise would have been. The I think what the arts community we're always surprised how marginal we are and how few people know or care what we're actually doing. So I think there was a couple of, sort of salutary wake up calls there in terms of people talking about it at the time and yeah. next door neighbours saying, "Oh, I've never heard of that. What's going on? What's city culture?" You know, it's like any like any industry. We can be in a bubble. Yeah, so and it just
0: created a conversation around. Created people. a
1: conversation. I, yeah. I don't know if it had a seismic effect and changing, uh, behaviours. I'm sure it had some effect.
0: And uh, th- that's the past six years. What do you think holds for Limerick in the next six seven years?
1: I think there's a lot of there's a lot of exci- there's always a lot of exciting stuff going on in Limerick. Mm. If you put a pin anywhere on a calendar over the last sort of. 800 years you would always find exciting things going on the uh, I think there's a lot of the economic development I think will bring a lot of artistic and creative development the Troy studios and the creative industry seem to be massively on the rise mm-hmm. and that'll only have impact well because once you bring creative people into a city you raise the audiences as well you raise the amount of stuff going on and it then feeds itself.
0: And there's talks of a uh, university, a limerick coming into the city, I'd imagine. Yeah,
1: that would, that would all help. At the moment, the, the split, the geographical split between the university and the town causes audiences to be split. Um,
0: it's bringing a completely new demographic into the city, exactly, so, which yeah. might help with those club nights. That oh, definitely, yeah? It would
1: definitely help. The, the club nights which have the student support are thriving. Yeah. So the more, the more that can be, those links can be made, the better.
0: And it's also an opportunity for the creatives in the universities to open their yeah. own. And the university
1: or... has a huge, I mean, we work, we work out there as well, the university has a huge well of creative people across the board, as does the city. So the more they can be brought together, the, the more interesting it is for everyone.
0: And uh, finally, how can people keep up to date with music generation Lyric?
1: Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are, uh, are the ones, <laughs> probably the best way to keep, an eye as music generation Limerick City, I think, on all all three platforms. But that's that's where we tend to put out. And you spoke about the music. event coming up in
0: Tolman Park as
1: well. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's only open to the schools. Yeah. Um, but by this this age, that's the next sort of major major event, we have. Coming what, what, what
0: up. what will happen at that event?
1: Well, you bring sixteen hundred uh, young people together. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be the third year we've run it in Thurman Park fifth year we used to do it in the UL Arena um, and there's two or three stages to it we bring them in groups of five six hundred into the conference space and then we bring all sixteen hundred out onto the stands uh, this is sort of interactive shows and they get a chance to listen to what they've done and we produce a few surprises out of the, out of that and uh, keep it fresh and fun
0: and when you say they get to listen to the, the work they've done uh the- what benefit, is it very beneficial for them to hear, to critique at our peers or to support at their peers? And that
1: or I think support rather than critique would be the thing. The, um, but because they all work in their own classes and they record these pieces of work, this term they're actually doing the re- writing recording, I think it's important for them to realise that a creative statement gets heard, that it's not just sort of being thrown into a void. I think for any artist you need a sense of whatever you're creating to be heard and reflected back to you.
0: It's giving them that platform. Exactly. Thanks very much for joining us, Boris. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to We Are Limerick, a Limerick Post podcast. For more news, sport, entertainment, and more podcasts, visit limerickpost.ie.